We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app and welcome to the back brief uh, special Christmas edition. I'm Rod Rodriguez, and my guest today is uh, a voice you've all heard. He is a Connecting Vets reporter, but he's also a podcast host. He's a radio guy on top of that. You've probably heard his voice. Uh, he's a, 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 is it accurate to say you're a shock jock, Phil Briggs? I mean, at one point, I was, you know, maybe a jock. I don't know how shock I was. How but- shocking was Phil Briggs? Phil, one of the things I love about working in radio is meeting people like you because I'm not a radio guy. I don't have a voice for radio. You have this presence. Uh, Can you lay down a little something people might have heard you in the towns and the cities that you were DJ in? I want to hear it. I want to get some of that that Phil Briggs. Yeah. um, Well, the key is acting. And most of the time, if they want like an idiot, then I'm perfect for that because I'm like kind of like a a middle age range. I can be 20 something to 40 something. And, uh, you know, for Taco Bell, it was, uh, dude, get the all new dude, get the all new quesalupa with the Mountain Dew punch freeze. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go, folks. You've probably heard Phil Briggs. Uh, Hawk and Taco Bell tacos to you. Um, but this is uh, – it, it's great to talk to you again uh, on a couple of different levels because yeah. I, I mentioned this in some other podcasts and other shows. Uh, Mr. Briggs had a run-in with uh, the Grim Reaper, with the the last station, as it were, indeed. Uh, Phil, what happened, man? How did we almost lose you? I mean, dude, I'd like to think of it as my own Motley Crue moment, my own uh, Nikki Six kickstart my heart. Um, yeah, I had a heart attack, dude, like Thanksgiving weekend. And, you know, I'm not saying it can happen to anyone, but you'd be surprised who it can happen to. You know, we think heart attack. We think like, oh, wicked fat person, extra, you know, I need a cart to get around Walmart. Um, you know, and I'm not. No, in the greatest not. shape, but I mean, I'm not. But, you, but uh, I didn't mean like, no, you're not in the greatest shape, but no, you're right. I mean, I've worked with you for quite a long time. And uh, if if Phil stands up right now, uh, and I, if hell, if I stood up right now, we'd both, a doctor would look at us and be like, well, you could both lose about 10, 15 pounds. Yeah. I mean, you're not obese. You're not in a la- that rascal, you know, <laughs> like you said, you're not at Walmart. Like, get out of my way, beep, beep. Uh, you're in what I thought of reasonable shape yeah you know for a 40 something year old guy totally felt that um here's the deal 
it can really happen to anybody depending on your family tree. And what I discovered is that I did inherit my dad's heart. Um, I'd always known my dad had three heart attacks, um, quadruple bypass surgery, a stent or two. Uh, this is going back through like middle school and high school for me. So, I mean, years and years ago, but I knew he had heart problems. Um, and I'd always felt that, you know, I got my cholesterol checked. I got my physicals. Um, you know, that was good enough. Right. And the doctors seemed to tell me that that was good enough, but Thanksgiving weekend, I learned that wasn't good enough. Uh, woke up with wicked heartburn, just felt like it was so tight. I couldn't get right. Stand up, sit down, lay down, feet up, feet down, you know, for like two and a half hours. I tried everything. So, so I've heard a lot of people say this, that it feels like heartburn, um, which is weird because I, I have a lot of heartburn yeah, and yeah. that scares the shit out of me sometimes because I'm like, oh, is this heartburn or is this a heart attack? You've experienced both. Yes. Uh, how similar to heartburn does an oncoming heart attack feel? Identical. I mean, not to spook you out, but yeah, like I didn't know the difference for an hour and a half, two hours. As it got to two hours, I knew something was wrong. I started to feel it a little bit in my armpit, um, <clears throat> but the tightness, it was just the, the the tightness, not so much the esophageal burning like stomach acid, but like that tight, just right in here. And, um, you know, by two and a half hours, we knew something was wrong, called the ambulance, um, got there. Ambulance took like the craziest road with all kinds of curves. I mean, I guess they were trying to shave a couple minutes off, but, um, you know. So uh, they, that, that moment between this sucks to we should call somebody what kind of what was the what was the thing that tipped over that that decision we should call someone as opposed to leave it alone it's just shitty heartburn let me go drink some water eat a loaf of bread maybe i'll be fine because it wasn't going away it was just intensifying it just did not let up and normally if i've had heartburn you know i can take a couple tums and be fine but this one i vomited twice it was not letting up um, the sun was coming up and I think it was like for me, cause it happened at like three in the morning. It just was my wits end is your breaking point. You know, you haven't slept. It's like six in the morning. I just couldn't take it. So I thought, you know, maybe I can go to the hospital to give me some Zantac and a sedative or something. And like, everything's going through my mind at some point. I'm like, where's my vape pen before I call the hospital? Where's, you know, like, do we know anyone that does drugs? Do the neighbors do drugs? Are there any neighbors that have any sedatives? Can I get a Zanny? <laughs> can I get a, can I get a Flexoril? Like, I mean, something. Uh, but yeah, yeah. By the time I caved, essentially what I did, uh, yeah, we just went and um, again, curvy road to the hospital, got there, breakneck speed. Um, the ambulance drivers at uh, my local fire station are awesome awesome guys. Uh, they were really quick to not elude that anything bad was happening after they took my EKG. They're like, well, we're going to take him in just to be sure. Um, we're going to go, you know, wheels up, lights on. So uh, don't be alarmed, you know, trying to downplay it when really they're saying like, dude, this guy's got a few minutes and is going. So we need to get the hell out of here. Um, get to the hospital, you know, sticking you with needles. And that's when like, became clear that my coronary artery was a hundred percent blocked. Uh, so called the widow maker. Oh wait, I'm curious how the doctor broke this to you because my father had a heart attack yeah. uh, years and years ago. And I was there in the, in the, in the doctor's office when they told him, Hey, you just had a heart attack. 
Um, I thought it was kind of funny the way they just kind of like laid it out. Um, you almost died kind of thing. Uh, what did the doctor tell you? I mean, you're getting stuck with needles and you're on, you're on your gurney and, and a lot of things are happening to you. What did the doctor tell you? Because I remember you told me the story. Yeah, th that's exactly what was going on. <clears throat> Excuse me. A uh, lot of things going on. Uh, needles, people putting pills in my mouth. Nothing's working. It's like, oh, I'm like saying this is really getting bad. They're asking me scale of one to 10. What's the pain? I'm like, dude, it's like a 10. Uh, and the doctor just pulls this little piece of paper off the EKG and looks at me like stone cold and is like, all right, a lot of things are getting ready to happen to you in a short amount of time. Don't freak out. And then all of a sudden poof, the gurney's back flat. I'm being wheeled out the room. People are running by the gurney. I turn left into some OR and I'm like, dude, this looks like an operating room. And then all of a sudden there's like lights in your face people's faces over me, this buzzer's going off. I hear a nurse yelling, stat, 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 needles are being drawn. And then all of a sudden, it's buzzing super loud. And I just go, fade to black. Wow. I mean, I remember saying what's going on, I think was like last words I said, and then you're just out. And so when you come to, you've been out, you come to, uh, <laughs> what was your, what was, what was going on in your mind? Like, what the fuck is going on? Where am I? What, what is this? I mean, luckily there wasn't like any brain trauma. So I remembered where I was last. <clears throat> it wasn't hard to reboot, you know, my memory to go, okay, I was in the hospital last I remembered, but I wake up and I'm in the ICU and the nurse is writing on the board across from my bed. And I'm like, huh? And then I look and I got all these wires on me and, you know, nodes stuck everywhere my arm is shaved i'm shaved down there <laughs> like, like they went at it from both ways right on <clears throat> gotta pay extra for that sometimes um <laughs> and then she turns around and she's like uh hey hi welcome she's like you just had a massive heart attack and i was like huh so i guess it wasn't heartburn and she's like, no, it was, it was definitely not heartburn. And then the doctor comes in and, and a little bit later, and that's when it was explained to me that it was the coronary artery. Um, they call it the widow maker because a lot of people don't even sense much beforehand. And mine was 100% occluded because the artery tore at some point. Blood cells, platelets tried to fill in the hole. And as they stacked in to fill the tear in the artery, they just completely close the thing off. And that's what I was experiencing Saturday night. It was just getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it was just. So Phil, um, you went through a lot already. Uh, where are you now? You look healthy. You look fine. You look great. Uh, but my understanding is that there are things lurking under the waters on this. Yeah. I mean, the thing about a heart attack is that you have to, um, you know, one, you identify why you had it. Mine was genetic. Um, two, you got to see what it has done to you. And what I learned is that after one, some of the heart tissue sometimes is dead. It does not come back. Um, and then it can, it, it, it basically affects how much blood is pumped out of your heart. The thing contracts and then it releases and the blood goes out and that's how we get our circulation. And, um, 
I, I think for most people, the heart squeezes out 65 to 70% of the blood that's in it every time it beats. And mine's only about 35% right now. So um, that's what we're waiting on. So I'm taking a ton of meds to try to like get that thing fixed. Uh, blood thinners. So a shaving cut would make me bleed for like an hour. Um, and they're trying to do all that in hopes to bring back max performance to the heart and prevent any blood clotting because that's the other thing is when blood sits in an area, of course it tends to clot. And then if you get a blood clot in your heart and that leaves your heart, that turns into an embolism. And we've heard of pulmonary embolisms and brain embolisms, strokes. Um, so a lot of risks here. So you got to take a lot of meds and you have to be very careful with your diet, not to eat too much sodium. And you have to be very careful to just rule out animal fats and rule out a lot of stuff. So a lot of changes happen all at once and how well you adapt to them and how well you actually take them serious is really how well you recover. With what you've gone through very, like it's still kind of a very true, what the doctor said, a lot's about to happen to you in a very short amount of time. Don't freak out. And it's still happening. How are you adjusting to this? And what about, does this, this brush with death, uh, this reminder of your mortality, how does this play into your daily life now? Hmm. Well, you know, it initially played in cause you're just laying there in the hospital. And I remember laying there after the, you know, niceties of the nurses and the phone calls and the FaceTimes with the wife and the kids. And like the day settles down, uh, you're there, you have no visitors cause of COVID you just laying there in your bed. And you do think about your mortality. You do think about God. You do think about your maker. You do think about how you got here. And suddenly all those interviews we've done with the vets we've talked to over the course of these years, um, you know, I kind of understood. I felt a little closer to some of their uh, near-death experiences. I understood that, like, you do contemplate a lot of things and you do try to, I don't know, um, like, rectify uh, you try to square your soul. You try to think of like a lot of things that you normally wouldn't think about because you're too busy or life is too easy or life is too tough. And you're just complaining all the time. Um, no matter how, how your life's playing out, when you get to this crossroads, it's, it's definitely impactful. And for me, I'd like to think that it was, um, it was grace. I mean, I was just taking this class and I'll share this with you. Uh, I was taking this class about 12 weeks ago. It was a Bible study class. Took it on Tuesday nights with my church. Um, I just felt I needed it this year. This year has been crap. It's been a crap sandwich. It's just sucked in so many ways. And I didn't know, you know, what to do. And I, I certainly don't know a lot about being a Christian. And I thought, man, what the heck? You know, I'll, I'll take this. I'll, I'll learn. It was like a real like 101, kind of teaching you what's in the Bible and sort of how to read it. And you were allowed to ask any dumb question you want, which I asked a lot of. Like are Adam and Eve, like real people, wouldn't that make us all related? Like, how does that work? Um, and I remember week one, he said, why are you here? And I was like, I don't know. And everybody had their story about how God had touched them. And this year was tough for us. You know, we lost, you know, I lost a brother. Um, it, financially, it's been a burden. I mean, it's been horrible. Um, so I said to everybody on the call, I was like, well, you guys have some cool stories. I was like, God doesn't talk to me. He don't talk to me that way. I don't see burning bushes. I didn't get a crazy dream. Tablets weren't carved. I didn't, you know, I don't see relatives waving to me on the side of the highway in my dreams. I mean, I was like, he don't talk to me. 
And I'll be damned if 12 weeks later, I have a massive heart attack and almost die and come out like incredibly alive, like come out feeling like better even about some things than I ever have. Like, do, do you now things. feel closer to your faith? Did this bring you closer to maybe a journey of faith? It made me realize that I've started one. Where I am on it is the very beginning, but it definitely made me realize that like, uh, you know, here, here you go. Here's your chance to go on this trip. You either get on this train or you don't you can make the decision. And, you know, I think for people that don't have faith that this happens to, you know, that maybe is not a, a lightning bolt of a moment, but there's still a, a moment when you're there going, why am I here? And why am I still alive? Um, the warrior and the warfighter feel a little bit complicated about it because maybe some people they know weren't saved or didn't live through the experience. So they tend to feel and focus on the guilt part of it. But either way, when you dodge the bullet, so to speak, um, yeah, you're left with this, like, what, what now? What's an act to like, why am I still here? And what's getting ready to go down. And for me now, um, realizing that I'm going to incorporate a little bit of faith into this journey. Uh, it feels good. It feels, it feels amazing. It, it, it makes me look around a kitchen that isn't cleaned up after dinner and kids playing and loud noises and everything's a, a wreck. And it makes me kind of look and, and, and smile and go, it, it, this is mine. This is my life. I'm in dad mode. I get to do this every day. And that's pretty, that's pretty special. And I think it's perfect for the Christmas season to be thinking about that because it's been such a tough year for so many people. If you're still here, man, um, life's yours get it back in 03 i had a small brush with death and in my moment i saw jesus i saw jesus christ of nazareth uh standing next to me and i remember i i kind of rolled over and i said you know why jesus um and all of a sudden i went fade to black uh, turns out that Jesus was actually a Blackwater medic who was giving me an IV and he had a gi giant old beard, long hair. Uh, I told the <laughs> told my vision to my first sergeant who laughed. He was like, uh, no, nah, dude, that wasn't Jesus. Uh, that was some former Delta guy that <laughs> you were dying. Uh, they were driving through and he hooked you up with some uh, some I don't know, some narcotic concoction, <laughs> little, little morphine. Yeah. <laughs> There I was thinking, I'm like, I saw Jesus first on. He's like, no, that was just Delta, you moron. I was like, oh, okay. Well, fuck my experience then. <laughs> Phil, thanks for uh, coming back from the dead. Uh, yeah, man. Don't, don't, I, I, I'm still not sure if you're going to die anymore. If we have to put a bullet in your head like a zombie, are you going to start eating people? We don't know. And this is what I encourage people, folks. Go listen to CBS Ion Veterans to find out if Phil's going to start turning. Is it a vampire thing? Is it a miracle Jesus thing? Or is it a zombie thing? We don't know. But the only way you're going to find out is if you go check out CBS Ion Veterans. Phil, tell us about the show, bud. Yeah, man. CBS Ion Veterans. Uh, ConnectingVets.com. You can find it there or everywhere you get podcasts. Anywhere. Um, awesome, man. We're doing some great interviews. I'm lining up some really cool stuff for 21, but we are ending – 
2020 strong. And I, I, I took it kind of personal about this whole experience. And I found a guest that was, had something sort of similar. Um, he was, he was, he was an infantry guy. He was a gunner. He was part of the old Ironsides. And this week we'll hear the story of Jose Belen, who lived through hell. Uh, his deployment was over a year long and he was QRF, which means, you know, he left the FOB almost every day. Oh, three. It was the taking of Baghdad. Um, every sector was busy. There was work going on every day. Um, shots fired all the time. Um, and he manned the 50 cal and was a lead gunner on so many of these patrols. Um, he lost one of his best friends two days before Christmas. And the shockwave that went through his unit, um, it was tough. He didn't even think they could have the spirit of Christmas at all. And the story we share is how he found it, um, how the unit felt good for a moment. And he described a miracle that happened to him that was just mind-blowing. Like, he should be dead. I mean, an RPG at less than 200 yards should not miss. And how he describes what happened is pretty mind-blowing. And I got to say, Jose Belen was one of my favorite people to talk to this year. And, and, and I can't ever say I have a favorite because I love all the guys I talk to. I love all the women, all the people, all the guests, all the causes, all the legislation. I mean, it's all very important for veterans. But when you get one of the storytellers, when you get the wounded in action guy, when you get the near-death uh, experience, there's something so incredible to take away from that that should distract us from our own life and make us realize that like, there's something bigger going on. And no matter what you believe, how you believe, there's something bigger than our own daily grind. And this guy just captured it perfectly. So that's this week. It's called Christmas in a Combat Zone, story of um, Army veteran Jose Belen and how Christmas was saved in Baghdad in 2003. And I'll leave you with this. Not to take away from the podcast, I want you to listen, but um, I also have a homework assignment. And if you have anything in your family tree from like colorblind to craziness, um, I say that with all, you know, all love in my heart. Um, if there's anything in your family tree from your grandparents to your parents, diabetes, whatever, um, get your physical. And as you begin the new year, my doctor told me my cholesterol was fine and my blood pressure was fine didn't factor in my dad's family history. I should have either forced him to give me a stress test or pay for something out of pocket. And if your doctor and your insurance won't cover it and you think you might be you know, prone to diabetes or you might be prone to heart disease, um, push for it, fight for it. Don't take you look fine for an answer or don't just take simple blood work and your cholesterol levels seemed fine. Mine did too. Only fine for me was about 50% of what, or needs to be about 50% of what fine is for the rest of America. Um, make your New Year's resolution to go out and get yourself checked and don't take no for an answer, man. Look at that family tree and, and, and fight for you because uh, there's a lot of living out there for us, man. And we're in our, you know, those of us that are veterans, we're getting a little bit older. Um, we got a lot left to do, man. If, we, we're getting, if they haven't taken us yet. And we're getting fatter. Hey. I'm we part of this problem. Fatter. I'm with you guys. Listen, we get out, we balloon. And the thing is, I see some of y'all veterans out there that are kind of celebrating the dad bod. We're celebrating like the beer gut and we're get look, 
I've gone through Facebook stocked some of the people that I've I served with and they got freaking fat, dude. We can't do that. Okay, yeah. first and foremost, it's not a good look for us. Secondly, it's just shaving off years of our life that we want to spend with our friends and our family and our kids and our grandkids. I'm 40 years old. Uh, my, uh, I guess my cohort of folks, we're all getting 40, 42, 45. By the way, the same week that Phil hit me up and said, hey, man, I had a heart attack. I found out from two different soldiers, four, two different veterans that I served with that NCOs that we knew that were a little older than us, they died from heart attacks. Yeah. It's happening, folks. It's the it's the culling. It's the culling of the veteran uh, population. So we talk about 22 a day, but let's talk about also staying healthy, staying light on our feet. And to Phil's point, go get yourself checked out, folks. Uh, do what you got to do. We love you. We want to keep you here. Uh, and if you all die, then uh, we our, our viewership and our listenership drops. We come out with no jobs and our children. I don't end want up, that. We I don't want that. And then our children end up being, you know, uh, scavengers in a cyberpunk 2077 wasteland, which, by the way, go play the game. It's amazing. All right, folks, that does it for me. I'm Rob Rodriguez. That was Phil Briggs. We are out. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. Hey, um, Merry Christmas. <laughs> bah humbug. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 